I want you to turn in your Bible this morning to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation. Father, we thank you for this awesome time together and we bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord, for minds being alert and hearts being receptive. In Jesus' name, amen. So look over in Revelation chapter 3 and let's look in verse 7. Now realize that, that we see that during this time, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the revelation of the, the false prophet, the Antichrist. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so everything centers around him, and it's actually from him. So we see that um, there, these were seven churches here that, in Asia Minor that actually existed. It wasn't just some, something that was some figment of an imagination. These were actual churches, seven letters to seven churches. And there was one or two that did really well, and, and most of them did pretty well, but then the Lord would say, but I have this one thing against you. So I want to pick up right here in Revelation 3, verse 6. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia... Right. These things saith he that is holy, he that is true. He that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth. And shutteth, and no man openeth. Hallelujah. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the Lord himself. And so, one of the things that we have declared this year, and you know, we're still just one week into this new year is that this is the year of the open door. The open door. And we, we read from, I just want to um, read a couple verses here that we uh, were talking about last Sunday night. And from the book of um, Isaiah, chapter 60 and verse 11. And I'm going to read from a couple of different translations. I guess I should read from the King James first. Therefore, thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto you the forces of the Gentiles, that their kings may be brought. Amen. I believe that verse and, and every part of it, but, you know, it's um, the forces of the Gentiles. You know what that is? We'll see it, we'll see it in other um, translations, the wealth. How many know the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just? The Bible never says the wealth of the righteous is laid up for, for each other. Now, we know that, that we are used of God to bless, but God can use sinners to bless. The NIV says this, Your gates will always stand open. They will never be shut, day or night, so that people may bring you the wealth of the nations. Amen. I think we need to post someone at the door, have security here, so we can receive offerings 24-7. Amen. <laughs> the New Living says, Your gates will stay open day and night to receive the wealth of many lands. The kings of the world will be led as captives in a victory procession. Hallelujah. And then we, we commented on Psalm 115, where the Bible says, that he shall increase you more and more. Amen. I believe that God's going to increase the river church this year more and more. And of course, that's not just, that's just not walls and, and, and mortar. What is that? That's you. Because who is the church? You are. And so God says before us today an open door. Amen. All through life, opportunities are placed before us that if we would walk through those, we would experience blessing and increase. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but who's ever missed an opportunity? Or, you know, you can look back and, and neglected opportunities will bring regret. But we don't want regret. We can live without regret, even if you've made mistakes. Amen. The power of the blood can wash you. But we have to learn that that we want to be in the right place at the right time. That God would open doors, and I believe God is opening doors for us. And, you know, you know, there's some things that only have a small window of time. 
It's kind of like when you're driving and you realize, like, I need to pass this person real quick, you know, and they're going 50 down the interstate. And you don't, you've got a small window of time because someone's coming up behind you, you know, and either that or you wait a while and there's 12 other vehicles back there. So there, there's things that in life we have a small window of time. But let me say this, not every opportunity should be followed, though. Well, you don't have an opportunity to do this. Well, that's not a leading. Well, you know, we really need to do this. Well, that's not a leading either. How I many you know there, there's needs all in this, this world is full of needs? And you can never meet them anyway. So even a good opportunity may look good, but it, you have to learn to pray, pray, pray to make sure that it's what the Lord wants you to do. So this morning, I want to share for a few minutes about Jesus, the open door. Jesus, the open door. Everything revolves around him anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I want you to turn over to John chapter 10. Amen. John 10 we're going to read verse 1 through 11. He says, Truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto you, that he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Aren't you glad the Lord knows who you are? Yeah. You know, don't you like it when someone calls you by name? You know, do you like it when uh, it works? Hey, hey, come here. I have a name. My name is Will. You know, but when someone just calls you like they know you, known you forever, Hey, Will, come over here. He's like, oh, you just kind of perk up a little bit. It's like God knows us by name. He calls us by name. And it says, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. You know, it's even, I mean, you can say sheep, you know, cows, you can see any of them. They know the vehicle that's going to feed them, you know, and they just... They just start trotting along, you know. It says, And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Truly, truly, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. He, Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Hallelujah. Verse 10, the thief cometh not. Now, who's he talking about when he's talking about the thief? Is he talking about God the Father? Is he talking about himself? He's talking about the enemy. He's talking about the devil. The thief comes not, but for these reasons, to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus says, I am come that they might have life. Jesus, why did you come to the earth? Was it just to give us a code of ethics? Was it just to give us some religious system? No, the Bible says he came to give us life. Now, I like what, is it John 5, 26, in that area, he says that as the Father hath life, the, the Greek word zoe, Z-O-E, the God quality life, absolute life, that, that, that God quality life, even as the Father's given me that, so have I given that to, basically to whoever he will, to those that are born again. And so he says here, I have come that they might have life and then they might have it more abundantly. 
And I like what the Amplified says. It says, to the full until it overflows. Amen. How many, based on that explanation, you have a little bit more room that you can receive some from the Lord? Till you get full until it overflows. Hallelujah. So he says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. See, that's what the, the Lord does. He gives his life for us. He did. And he continues to, to give everything. He gave his life. What more could he give? Amen. We used to sing a song, Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Some people think in pictures, I think in songs. So. <laughs> so this morning, I want to share with you four doors. We're talking about Jesus, the open door. But four doors that every person should walk through. Four doors that every person should walk through. Number one, the door of salvation. Every person in this world should walk through that door. Jesus is the door of salvation. No other door can, through which we can receive salvation or eternal life. <clears throat> Jesus is the door and he's the good shepherd. So Jesus is actually both the door of salvation and the good shepherd who protects the sheep. I'm so glad that I have a good shepherd today. Amen. He watches over me. He protects me. You know, what, what's a good shepherd do? He, number one, he makes sure that you're fed. And, and, you know, as we said before, how can you tell even like cattle and stuff? How, do, how can you tell... You know, if, if they've been fed, what are they doing? You just go by, you see the grass is like waving over their head and they're just sitting there just kind of chewing about, just real slow. They're full. Amen. They've been fed. That's what the good shepherd does. Amen. That we're not starving, emaciated, but, but spiritually we're fed. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah 3.15 that, he says, I'll give you pastors who shall feed you with knowledge. So the, the feeding we're talking about is not steak and potatoes, even that that's good too. Amen. We'll feed you that one day. But um, amen. But spiritually, being fed on the word of God, being fed on the words of faith and, and um, knowledge, as the Bible says. So Jesus Christ is the open door of salvation. He's provided for every person. But here's the thing. Every person on this earth has to walk through that door himself. Every person has to walk through that door. And that's the sad thing is that door is easily available. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says that Satan has blinded the minds of those lest they should believe on the glorious gospel of Christ. So we know that the, he's the God of this world, Satan is. He, he blinds the minds. That's why we have to pray, Lord, take the blinders off. Lord, send a labor across their path. You know, we take authority over, over the darkness that's blinding them. Why would people go into a lost eternity? Because they're blinded. Because the enemy has, has done, you know, that, that's what he does. But here's the good news. I don't care if there's... 12 legions of demons. I don't care if they got a, a person in an arm lock, a headlock. Once the glorious light of the gospel comes, they cannot withhold that person from going and making a declaration and being saved. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you know, it's just like... Um, I was just listening and reminded, and I know that my wife knows this and, and Vaughn, but and maybe some of you, but the, the, the story that Pastor Rodney tells about going to the assisted living and one of the, one of the soul winners going in there, and this, this lady, she was um, at the point of death. 
And they said, um, she said, can I go pray with her? She's just like, oh, oh, you know, just like groaning like that. And they said for two weeks she's been like that and hadn't eaten or anything. She'll be dead within a few hours. Please, I must go. No, I'm her nurse. You can't go. Yes, please. I, I, I've got to go talk to her. Fine, just, just go ahead. So she wakes in there and goes in there and shakes her. And, you know, said, you know, they're not asleep because they're tired. They're just asleep because there's nothing else going on. And, and, and wakes, gets her to consciousness, you know, just, you know, by the arm and stuff. And, you know, just shakes her a little bit and, and says, she says, I'm lost. My soul is lost. My soul is lost. And this lady's crying out. She said, well, your soul won't be lost anymore. Praise with her. Within five minutes, they come back. There's a sheet over. She, she went home to be with the Lord. I mean, you just, and that, that's why she was crying out because there was no one. She didn't know to call someone. She didn't know to, to ask for prayer, you know. It sure wasn't, I mean, forgive me for saying, but it sure wasn't going to be a priest to walk in who's going to pray after you, you died. They want to pray after you died. You need to pray before you die. It's signed, sealed, and delivered once you die. And so, um, religious cows there. But um, anyway, can you just imagine, though, you know, the demons, you know, had her right to the very end for 83 years. And then all of a sudden, what happened, you know? We thought we had the lady with the you idiots, you know, that <laughs> we're going to assign you to Congress. <laughs> but that, that's what happened. Just snatch like that. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> but see, Jesus is the open door. No, no amount of demons that, that held that lady for 83 years could stop her from being saved yeah. at that time. Yeah. Now that's, that's not a deathbed experience that, you know, some people want to count on that. Well, you know, I'm not going to live for the Lord, but I'll just pray on my deathbed. You may not have that chance. So every person has to walk through that door for himself. So what is salvation? In its simplest, in simplest form, Jesus providing us with the new birth and the remission of sins. But it's much bigger than that. The Bible says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, because the good news is the power of God. So what is Salvation. It's the Greek word sozo, and it means this, healing, health, safety, deliverance, soundness, and wholeness. So whenever we say salvation, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about healing, health, safety, deliverance, soundness, wholeness, preservation. All those things are in, in the word the, you know, so a lot of people, they just think, well, you know, we don't believe in such and such. We, we just preach the gospel. And, you know, if it wasn't so pitiful sometimes, you know, people say, well, you know, we don't believe in healing or, or we don't believe in abundance. We just believe in, we just preach the gospel. But what is the gospel? It's all those things that we just said. It's the good news. How many remember Paul? The, the Bible says he went to Lystra in Acts chapter 14 and it said, there was a man impotent in his feet. And it said, having heard Paul, and Paul having um, perceived that the man had faith to be healed. See, faith can be seen and perceived. And unbelief can too. He says, stand upright on your feet. But, but verse 7 says this, and there they preached the gospel. How did that man get faith to be healed? Was it by hearing the gospel that said um, that healing had passed away? Is it for the ones that said that healing passed away with the apostles? 
No, obviously this man had heard that Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever, that He's the same. He'll never change. I'm the Lord, I change not. So that's what that man must have heard. So whosoever will may come through that door of salvation. So if you want life, eternal life, the God quality life, you must enter through that door. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. Hallelujah. But you know, one thing I've definitely found is a lot of people are just waiting on God. When He's already provided everything that we need. It's just like this. The Bible says that, that they tarried for the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter uh, 1, Acts chapter 2. Why? Because Jesus said, you tarry here and wait for the, Holy, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Well, if that's true, then we all have to wait in Jerusalem as well. But that was the very first time the Holy Spirit came to the earth when He came to indwell us. Let me say it like that. The Holy Spirit was on the earth, but that's the first time He came to indwell man. But ever since then, never again has man had to wait. Well, you know, I'm just waiting on God. Fifty years they've been waiting to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I've heard people like that. They had, they've been waiting to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking other tongues for 50 years. But now we don't have to tarry. We don't have to wait. Now, it is good to wait in God's presence. It is good fasting and prayer, waiting on the Lord. But you do that after you get filled. Just go and get filled first and then, then wait on the Lord. Amen. I couldn't imagine... Praying eight hours and not being filled with the Holy Ghost. What do you say? <laughs> Lord, bless this one and bless this one. And we just pray this. You just have to start quoting whole chapters of the Bible. But thank God for the privilege of being able to speak in other tongues. Yeah. Why? Because the Bible tells us that when we speak in other tongues, that, that we speak not unto men, but unto God. No man understands him. Howbeit in the spirit, we speak mysteries or divine secrets. And the Bible also says that we edify ourselves. <clears throat> so realize this, the Lord opens people's hearts through the preaching of the word. But people still have to walk through that door. Now, look over in um, Acts chapter 16. And then in verse 13, the Bible says, And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, if, we, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. And so, <clears throat> we see here, look at the wording here. It, it talks about her, that, that her heart... Look at verse 14. Whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken by Paul. See, God opens people's hearts. Have you ever seen people that are closed, though? It's, a, it's like a, and I believe, you know, with that is a closed mind because the mind is the doorway to the spirit. But if you can get people's minds attentive and their mind open, it'll get down in their heart. But see, God opens people's hearts with the word, but they must receive the truth of the word. She chose to allow that word entrance into her heart. See, God responds to our heart. And that's one thing we always have to remember is that God responds to our heart. He looks at our heart. You may not have done everything perfectly even in, in life, but God's always looking at your heart. And you can always have a perfect heart towards him. But Revelation twenty two seventeen says, Whosoever will, say that's me. 
Whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Notice, I mean, I like that because he didn't say beg God. You know, I've just been begging God that he just give me some of that water. And, oh, man, I'm just so thirsty and parched in life. And, well, he says, you need to go get it. You need to go grab some of that water. Whosoever will, let him take of the water of life. Amen. You know, when it comes to, to the things of God, you have to be, the Bible says, the violent take it by force. And, and you can't be, you, you have to be selfish in, only in this, not when it comes to other people, but when it comes to you yourself. It's funny, people want to, I'm going to give to this person, but you know, Lord. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I'm a big giver, but it, it's hard for me to receive. Well, you got bigger problems than you think. There's a lot of pride there. You had to learn how to receive. And you had to, but you had to really learn to receive from God. And, and drink of the water of life freely. So what can people do, though, to let the, the word find interest in their hearts? Notice what the Bible said about Lydia. It said that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. I believe that's what happened to that man at Lystra or Derby. In, um, well, you see Lystra and Derby. It's one of the two, sorry. Um, in Acts 14, 7. What happened? The Bible says when he was a cripple, it said that he had... He was, Paul perceived he had faith to be healed. I believe that he attended to, God, to the words of Paul. And he was just gazed upon the teaching. I believe God opened his heart. And then Paul looked at him. Hey, you believe this, don't you? Here, you, you stand up right now. You know, it's the Bible says he got up walking and leaping and praising God. Hallelujah. So she attended to the things which were spoken of Paul. And so what does that mean, she attended? It means she listened to hear and to heed. So we understand that, that salvation is for all. What does um, the book of Peter say, the second Peter? God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. <laughs> Amen. You know, my wife endeavored to lead someone to the Lord that came by here yesterday. And um, they just wanted a statue blessed. Like, we don't believe in that. We don't do that. But do you know that God loves you and had a wonderful plan for your life? Amen. I mean, I remember, now this is, I remember, I don't know who, what groups do this, and so I'm not pointing out any denomination or anything, but I remember growing up, and once, um, once a year, they would have it, like, okay, Sunday afternoon, bring all your pets, and we're going to bless the pets, you know. And uh, they would pray and bless the pets. And, um, amen, I think that's the same church that they had the spaghetti dinner with all the beer and everything else. So um, it all goes together, I guess. Amen. Amen. They should write a book about church, you know, because... <laughs> You know, it's just like the Bible. Just read the Old Testament. I mean, you got thriller. I mean, people want to read romance novels. Just read the Old Testament. Just people want to read thrillers. Just read the Old Testament. And if people want to read horror. Just read different things that happen. Read about Ananias and Sapphira. That's horror right there. I mean, it's all in the Bible. Amen. <laughs> so God opens the door of people's hearts. The door of salvation. Number two, the second door that people should go through is open doors of service and utterance. Utterance meaning uh, speaking. Open doors of service. Jesus opened doors of service for us. And here's the great thing. He rewards those that are obedient to his will. Start, and this is the most important thing, start serving God right where you are. And we know that many of you are. But start serving God where you are. Don't just wait for something big. It's like, you know, you hear sometimes people will say, you know, when you hear that real big church to pastor, then, then let me know. Well, you know, you might start out with two or five. We started with our family. And so... 
you know, and, and I can honestly say there's been, the, the Lord's been with us. And, and there's been, you know, lots of people come against you, but I can honestly say none of those people started from scratch like we did. No one started with us not knowing. I mean, there's churches that, you know, they start with, you know, we're going to have a, 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 what they call that, a soft, soft launch or whatever, you know, a soft opening. And they've been building for a year. And, you know, some churches, you know, they'll recruit other church members. Hey, we're going we're gonna to start a church in the area. And anybody that wants to help us do that. Well, bless God, why don't you just go out and pioneer, have a pioneering spirit and let God bring the people. Instead of stealing other people's sheep. Amen. Why? Because don't ever be a sheep thief. Amen. Now, years ago, I mean, this is not my subject, but um, it needs to be said because years ago, Brother Hagin knew this guy. And um, his, his, his last name was Noah, just like uh, Noah in the Bible. Brother Noah, but he, he had this church. And um, there was a great man of God that was used of God with miracles and signs and wonders. And he said this. He said um, that the man's first name was Jack. He said, Jack, where are you? He said, you're going to start a church, this guy. And he was a healing evangelist. I mean miracles. He said, Jack, where are you going to get your member? He said, from you and from brother so-and-so. And he did. But within three years, he was dead. And um, you may have heard of Jack Coe. That's who I'm talking about. And, I mean, that's been many years. So, I mean, sometimes it's a good point of reference for people to know. But Brother Hagin himself said that the Lord spoke to him. Because he was in a meeting one time. And, and what happened was they, uh, they had a, um, a state home for, for, like, deaf people and and. And five deaf and mute people came, boom, 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 boom. Five healed immediately by the power of God. Immediately he got up and took up an offering. And said, don't come down here unless you can give at least um, such and such. And I'm talking about in the, in the 50s, like 1000 you know, $10,000. And people ran to give that money. But, you, you know, you can't... I love what Jesus told Brother Hagin. He said, make no charge for your ministry. And that's what happened with, how many remember Gehazi? And um, the servant of Elisha, right? And he said, um, anyway, he lied about it. And um, so, so the man gets healed. And um, what, what does the man of God say? Like any true man of God should. He says, keep... He said, keep your, your uh, basically keep your stuff. The Lord told uh, Brother Hagin, make no charge for your ministry. He said, many people that, that have like children that, that are crippled or different things, he said, they'll pay large sums of money. He said, you pray for them just like you always have, but make no charge for your ministry. Amen. <laughs> what does that mean? That means judge yourself. And you won't be judged. But what happened, he, he told the brother Hagin, um, Jesus spoke to him and said, you go warn Jack Cohen, tell him that he's not going to live much longer unless he judges himself. And this is right after he saw all these miracles happen. And he said, judge himself on three areas. Number one, walking in love. And that was one of the big areas because he went, he went and started this church based upon other church members. And went down the street. And uh, the second thing was money. And the third thing was his diet. And, uh, but anyway, he never did talk to him. He said that, he said, that man's liable to slap, slap me in the face, you know, the way he, you know. And so he, he didn't have the opportunity to speak to him. He said within three years he was dead at the age of 38. But see, then people look at it and say, well, you know, if healing really was the will of God, if it, then how come that man to die? Because he didn't walk through the door. Because he walked through a wrong door. Pretty somber, huh? How many remember Ananias and Sapphira? 
you know that Ananias and Sapphira were right in the midst of the greatest move of God and they missed it? So that's just a, for us to take heed. You can be right in the midst of church and in the, the midst of the move of God and totally miss it. Say, not me. By the grace of God, I will not miss it. Hallelujah. So Jesus opens doors of service for us. Start serving right where you're at. And you know, I, I know this, that, that many times people think they're waiting on God, but God's just waiting for them to prepare themselves. So there are doors of service for every person in the kingdom. And realize this, more than anything else, what, what does God reward? Does he reward what you do? Does he reward the office? He rewards obedience and he rewards faithfulness. So if you're faithful, if you're faithful to usher, to clean, to do sound, to sing. See, all of those things are so important to the overall picture of the plan of God. Now I want you to look over in 1 Samuel 30. We'll probably finish over there. but 1 Samuel chapter 30. You know, in the army of the Lord, there's not just officers. How, how about in the military? Well, I just want to be an officer. Well, what about the foot soldiers? What about the guys that go into con combat? It's the same way in the kingdom of God. First Samuel chapter 30. And let's look in um, verse 8. How many remember this is when David, they, they came back, Ziglag had been burned. And so the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Then in verse 7, he said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray you bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after his, this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Amen. I believe that we're going to recover all this year. So David went, he and the 600 men that were with him, and came to the, the brook Bezor where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men. For 200 men, or 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Bezor. Now skip down to um, verse 18. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And that's what the Lord said he would do. And David rescued his two wives and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. And David took all the flocks and the herds which they drave before those other cattle and said, This is David's spoil. And David came to the 200 men which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Besor. And they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. Now, I want you to listen. So what, what happened? <clears throat> At this, this part, when they're pursuing the enemy, 200, what, what, what was it, 200 we said? 200 stayed back. They just said, David, 400. David, we're just, we're wiped out. We, we can't do it. And so they stayed back and they stayed with the stuff. And with gear. Notice that he didn't come back and said, you sorry bunch of rascals, you. You couldn't even make it. You know, you're not going to get anything. The Bible says David came back to those men and saluted them. 
Now the the um, in my Bible in the in the center column it says he asked them how they did. Then answered all the wicked men and men of Belial of those that went with David. So so the ones that actually went to the fight, some of them, the Bible called them children of the devil. And said, because they went not with us, we will not give them all of the spoil that we have recovered. Save to every man his wife and his children, that they may lead them away and depart. Then said David, you shall not do so, my brethren, with that which the Lord hath given us, who hath preserved us and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? Now look in verse 24. But as his part is that goes down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarries by the stuff. They shall part alike. And it was so from that day forward, and he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel unto this day. He made it a law. So what, what is that? He said, the people that are helping out, they're going to get just the same reward. Amen. In the army of God, there's no big I and little you. So what's he saying? It's not this pastor or this evangelist or this whatever. It's everybody that's involved. And if you do what God's told you to do, now I know, I know brace yourself for this one. I think about our pastor. The, the, the large work, Dr. Rodney, and, and the, the work that, that God, the River Church has been going 27 years there in Tampa. And, and you know, just to see the work and, and the, the, the global impact that this man has made. Do you know that those that are helping, those that are, let me, let me say it like this. When you give into a ministry... <laughs> you are partaking of, of that grace, the Bible says, from Philippians 1, but also you receive of the same reward. Now, you have a different calling and a different assignment, but you're going to receive and, and have partaking of that reward. So that shows that, that I don't have to compete with one another. I don't have to compete with someone else. All I have to do is find my place and fulfill it. You know, it's like the gentleman I told you, you know, that, you know, he, he went to the restroom and, you know, that, that's what he, he, he cleaned the bathrooms at this church. He asked the, the, the visiting minister, have you gone to the restroom? Well, it's kind of an odd question, I would think, you know, to most people. He, he said, uh, yeah. He said, how was it? He said, it was sparkling. He said, that's my ministry. Amen. He, he, he just lit up like a neon sign. You know, like, hey, that's my ministry and that's what I do. Thank God. He'll be more blessed than all the scriptorians that can quote scriptures, but don't, don't put their hand to the plow. So the Lord's telling us, put your hand to the plow. Do what you can do now. What does the Bible say? Whatsoever your hand finds to do, pray that someone else would do it. Whatsoever you, you can put your hand to, you do it with all your might. You know, and that's one of, the, one of my favorite subjects when you look at the book of Proverbs is the subject of diligence. And the, it's full of it in, in the book of Proverbs. And one of the two big ideas that come out of that word diligent is this. Do it now and do it well. Do it now. That means like no procrastination. When you know God's telling you to do it, do it now. Because many times there is a window of time there. Do it now and do it well. Do it with all your heart. Do it with all your might. You know, one thing about it, the, the River Church, it's not going to be a, a lack of want to or a lack of, of excellence that would ever keep us back. Here's the thing. When I was in Bible school, they said this, and it's always stuck with me. Excellence begins with the man, not the ministry. You know, a lot of times people want to put on something, you know, put on a, um, 
a, a certain look, you know, and then I'm going to be excellent. But no, excellence begins at home. Praise God. <laughs> so those who stayed behind received just as great a reward. And I believe that God, for every person in here, that's why we encourage you. And in fact, I'm going to recruit you today. I'm going to be a recruiter today. I mean, I did have one guy try to recruit me for the Army Band. And I just told him, and I said, no, I'm not interested. I'm going to other places in my musical career. And it wasn't there. <laughs> and um, I had to tell the sergeant that. And um, anyway, God opens us those doors. God opens doors. Praise God. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, For a great door and effectual is open unto me. But then he has, then Paul says this, And there are many adversaries. You know, sometimes you wish he wouldn't say that. But he said, there's a great, there's a great door open right now for me. And there's many adversaries. Man, don't you hate those adversaries sometimes, you know? So we have adversaries. Paul didn't deny that. But we have the victory as well. Amen. Amen. It's not faith. It's not a lack of faith to, to admit what, what the, what's in front of you. Right. I have no problems in Jesus' name. Well, that's lying. No, you, you recognize, you know, I have this going on. But you know what? The truth of God says this. Amen. And that's why I tell, like I told my wife, you know, if I ever get, um, if I've ever had like a test done or something, like you go to the doctor, I don't just, you know, like sit quiet about it. I'll, I'll tell her right away. Because then I get it out in the open and I say, this is what it says. But the word of God says this. Amen. Amen. Armed with the greater facts of God's word. Thank you, Lord. Colossians 4 verse 2 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So I believe that this year, uh, this year, especially in the realm of prayer, we, we, we're going to step it up. Personally, but also corporately. I like what I heard one person say. Don't, don't just maintain enough prayer just to stay in, in half-decent fellowship. We should have rich prayer, rich fellowship with God. Abounding. So that's what he says. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. He says, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance. So I said that God wants to open a door of utterance. To speak the mystery of Christ. You might say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not a preacher. Do you have a mouth? Then you can open it. And you can, you can proclaim the goodness of God. Hallelujah. And then real quickly, I'm not going to go into these. These are a whole other subject. But number three, God gives us open doors of healing. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Matthew 8, 17 says, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. 1 Peter 2, 24, Who his own self bare our sins in his body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. So how many know, I don't have to talk God into doing something he's already done. God, would you heal me? Um, 2,000 years ago on the cross. We already did that, son. So healing belongs to us. Say that with me. Healing belongs to me. You know, it's your right. It's not because of how good you are either. And then number four, open windows of heaven. Open windows of heaven. That man that I was talking about when we received the offering, do you think it was because God just specially loved him? That he blessed him? No, he placed himself in a place. Now, I know some people don't like this, but the Bible says that in Acts chapter 10 that there was a man by the name of Cornelius. It said he gave much alms, and it said he prayed all the time. And the Bible says, that, what was that, in the fourth day of fasting, the an angel was sent to him and told him different things and actually told him 
to call for Peter so that he could hear words whereby he'd be saved. So his, not only did his prayers go up, but his offering went up. Amen. That shoots what a lot of people think right there. Your, off, your prayers go up to God. He hears them. But also your giving. It goes up as a memorial. What? I mean, how many times do we see that in the Old Testament too? This woman, what she did, it, well, in Jesus in the gospel account, what she did will be told for a memorial wherever the gospel is preached. And 2,000 years later, we're still talking about that lady. Hallelujah. So God opens doors of, of service. He opens doors of healing. He opens windows of heaven. Hallelujah. And here's the thing we have to always remember. It's not dependent upon God. Whatever you think you're leaving up to God, you're leaving up to the devil. You know, I'm just, I'm leaving up to God, whatever he wants to do. Then you're just leaving up the devil just to come in and do what he wants to do. Amen. How many know when it comes to the things of God, I mean, like some of the old timers, you know, they talked about praying and they talked about, you know, uh, you know, grabbing the, the horns of the altar, you know, and they're just like, you know, you, you just get a hold of God. Push, pray until something happens. Amen. That's the way it's got to be in your life this year. Can you say amen? amen? God has set before us all an open door. And you just have to make the decision. I'm going to be a part of that army. I'm going to be part of what God's called us to do. And I'm not going to be left behind. I'm not going to be just sitting on the sideline and just, you know, even if you get knocked down. You know, if you get knocked down, that's not the time to go sit on the sidelines and cry. That's the time that, you know, you wipe it off and you're like, okay, I'm going to get back in the game, you know. And let's go back at it. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Say this with me. I'm a, I'm a victor. Not a victim. Not a victim. I'm, a I'm a believer. Not a doubter. Not a doubter. I'm, a I'm a saint. And not an ain't. Not an ain't. <laughs> All things are possible to me. Because I believe in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands and thank Him for it. Praise God. Just one moment before we go, with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this place and you, as we've been talking today about this, and we've been talking about open doors. The greatest open door is the one that Jesus, 2,000 years ago, He hung on the cross and He offers that to every person. So if you're in this place and you, you've never made that commitment, said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, then I want to pray with you and for you. And then secondly, if you, once upon a time you serve God, but, but, but right now you say that my heart is... is cold to the things of God, but I want to come back and I want to make a fresh commitment to the Lord. If that's you, with no one looking around, just slip your hand up and say, that's me. Pray for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I see that. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, this is the day that we would be all in for God. Don't you agree? It's, it's a day that we have to be, as the Bible says, fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I like what the Bible says, that time is short and, and the time is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Amen. So if that was you and you raised your hand, I want to do exactly what I said. I want to pray with you and for you. Just come up to the front and, and let's pray and believe the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, it takes a brave soul to, 
to go one. But I tell you what, when you take one step forward to the Lord, he takes dozens towards you. Hallelujah. And even if, if you didn't raise your hand and this is you, then you can join. If that, if that is you, you can join with us in prayer. So just raise your right hand. That's where your help comes from. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you that Jesus died for me. Forgive me of my sins and wash me. I choose right now to serve you all the days of my life. Cleanse me now. Let things be better than they ever have in my relationship with you. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's like we have to offer ourselves. We offer ourselves vessels you can use. You know, God doesn't just snatch you off the shelf. You have to present yourself to him. And we know that God does things sometimes by gifts of the Spirit, even like with healing, where some people don't even believe at all. And they'll even say, you know what, I can't even believe that. Well, it wasn't their faith. But when it comes to being used of God, we still have to cooperate, don't we? To, to be the vessel, meet for the Master's use. Amen. That's what I want to be. I want to be a, a vessel unto honor. The Bible says in a great house, there's vessels of honor and dishonor. How I many know there's certain, there's certain uh, bowls in your house you don't change the oil in? I hope you don't. Oh, <laughs> you know, you don't let the dog drink out of. Why? Because they're, they're precious and they're they're expensive you know there there are certain things that you just the same thing that's why we have to value even our physical body it's the most valuable thing we'll ever have physically I mean not not just to take care of it but to to use it for the God's glory to present it as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable that's why Paul said I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. He says, lest by any means I myself should be disapproved. And I, I don't want to be disapproved. I like what Brother Jerry Savelle said. I heard him say it many years ago. But he said, I prayed too many prayers and I've traveled too many miles to miss it now. I don't know about you, but I've driven 800 miles to go to a good meeting. I have many times. To go sit in 15 meetings. 
And um, wouldn't that be terrible to, to do all that and then just miss it at the end? Amen. But we're not going to miss it by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can someone say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Amen. We'll stand up this morning. We'll let you go. Rejoicing. Amen. We, we even finished at 12 o'clock. Look at there. It's 1159. Amen. Father, we just thank you today. Lord, as we leave this place, I thank you, Lord, for people in this place that are champions for you. Lord, people that are victorious and people that are on the move. And I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for even this week, Lord, for miracles, signs and wonders. Thank you, Lord, that you would use us to touch other people. And Lord, I just thank you right now that you would cause this church to be all that you've called it to be. Every person in here, every member a minister of the gospel, we thank you for it. We bless you. We thank you, Lord, right now for for this week. Lord, for the increase of God on every side in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And then you can give us a good testimony next week. Hallelujah.